The Hundred Marathon Club by Darren Smith A thousand word introduction Running is the art of putting one foot in front of the other. It is that simple. Some people are just better at it than others. Certainly better at it than me, but... As with most things in life, this is not a contest. Life is not a sprint. It is a marathon for which we all get a medal for participating. If you can't run faster, go further. Tortoise and the hare, no cutting corners. What I want to do with this podcast is show you that anyone can not only run a marathon, they can run a hundred. Many people that I know already have. But for some, the idea of running even one is alien and uncomfortable. I want you to be empowered when you listen to this. I'm trying for entertainment and inspiration, and if I do pique your interest, then I've maxed out. Pat on the back time. Well done, son. I am not a motivational speaker. I'm not a particularly good runner. Ask anybody. I'm mid-pack at both. But if you do get to the end and you do want to run, then give me a wave as you whiz on by. I'll be the fat bloke bimbling along, happy in the knowledge of a job well done. The format is going to be simple. I could bore you rigid with detailed descriptions of the training plan, the race and the route. I could, but I won't. I'm starting this project already four and a half years and 45 marathons into my quest. Let me just clarify that. 45 marathons and above. You see, to be included in the 100 Marathon Club, which is my eventual aim, each race needs to be greater than a marathon distance, with a distinct time. What this means in practice is that running the famous Comrades race from Durban to Peter Maritzburg, or 100 miles at Western States, or the gruelling 268-mile spine race. It still counts as one. The same score as a seven-hour lap race around a car park in Yorkshire, with 20 other runners on a rainy Thursday. Multi-day races, where each day has a separate time, they count one for each day over 26.2 miles. So at the famous Marathon de Sable, as you complete 156 miles through the Moroccan desert over six days, not every day will count. Normally only two days are greater than marathon distance. And the long day of 57 miles across some of the most inhospitable terrain in the world, well, that counts as one. I want to entertain, as I said, and so I'm limiting myself to roughly a thousand words as I talk about each race. It forces me to think more about what I want to convey about each of them. I will try to inject humour where possible, and I'll try to sell a few to you. If I loved them enough, and a few of them I really did, enough to run more than once. So, half this podcast will be written and recorded looking back over the last four and a half years of marathons and ultras. And the other half will be recorded and written as they happen.
It may cause a slight variation in style between the two halves of the story, but, unlike my running, I'll endeavour to be consistent. I guess that is the what. The question of why is simple too. People have their own reasons to take up running. It could be health-related, weight loss or a social ambition. Charity maybe. A lot of people run a marathon as their first race, raising money for something dear to their heart. I started for more of a selfish reason. I started running to better my mental health. After a decade on trading floors in the US, I'd developed quite an unhealthy obsession with my own well-being. Hypochondria is a bitch, especially in a country where I could pay $5 each time I wanted to see my doctor for any ache, pain, itch, murmur, mole or panic. Every time my anxiety triggered me, I'd be on WebMD faster than you could recite the five silent killers, googling my very loose symptoms, eager for my doctor to send me for more and more tests, just to prove I wasn't dying. And then it hospitalised me in the winter of 2011. The chicken, drowned in a high-sodium soy puddle for two days that I had for dinner, caused my diaphragm to clench one too many times for my liking. And before I knew it, I was at the Chelsea and Westminster Hospital, ICU, hooked up to an ECG. I prayed it was all in my head, and it turned out that it was. So, after several months of therapy... I decided that I needed a challenge, one that would, for one, once and for all, prove to me that I am both mentally and physically well. To give me focus, and to give me a purpose. It didn't take long to come up with running as that challenge. I'd broken my knee twice at university, and my ankle in multiple places. I got shin splints, walking too fast to work. My knee swelled in the winter to the point of separating and giving me an exaggerated limp. I had done no real exercise since the mid-90s. I should not have been able to run. Cue my wife at the time, Francoise, her workmate Andy and my friend Oscar, signing up for the Amsterdam Marathon in October 2012 and then the Dublin Marathon a fortnight later, and I had a target race. The Amsterdam Half. It was January, and I had 10 months to learn how to run 13.1 miles, or 21.1 kilometres. Long story short, I did it, starting with a 10k in May, then another, then another, before stepping up to the half marathon in the autumn. The marathon would be the next step, a natural progression that involves doubling the distance again and again from couch to 5k, then a 10k, then a half, and then the big one before the craziness beyond. My first marathon was supposed to be Berlin in 2013, the last year before it went ballot entry. But a divorce, sickness, injury, and I was nowhere near ready, so... I bailed. And to this day I regret that decision. 
I could have limped my way around under the cutoff. I could have started this quest two years earlier. But I guess I may not have appreciated being able to run as much as I do now. For waiting until I could run Berlin as my first in 2015 gave me a new charge and a new challenge. I would go further than I could ever imagine. This would not be a one-off. I would run a hundred marathons and beyond and join the Hundred Marathon Club.